me get recording here. Anyway, you, you should. You should expect a miracle. I, I mean, we're, we're wasting our time feeling like, you know, that I'm supposed to serve Jesus Christ. In other words, like, he's the only one that's supposed to win something here. Uh, I just owe you, Lord. He, he wants to owe you, too. He gave himself for you and I when we didn't even think we even needed it. And we're actually going to start with this scripture right here. So in this, um, oh, I'm reading here in uh, Romans chapter 5 here, but uh, starting here in verse 1, he says, So now we have been made right in God's sight by faith in his promises. We can have real peace with him because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done. Oh, you've got peace with God, not because you're such a good person. See, you're going to worry about these things. Well, I, just, I can't pray because, man, I'm just not as good. Hold on. It's because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Look at verse 2. For because of our faith, he has brought us into this place of highest privilege where we now stand. And we can confidently and joyfully look forward to actually becoming all that what God has in mind for us to be. Oh, oh. let me back up into, uh, into the third chapter just a moment. Because there's, there's, it, it, it just bothers us sometimes. We think that, you know, that, well... Uh, there's, we're just not going to be as good as God wants us to be, and we're going to be in trouble. No, the third chapter, obviously, numerically, is two chapters ahead of the fifth chapter, and he's telling us this whole story that you compare yourself with some of the worst people in this world, then all of a sudden you got to turn back at yourself, and it doesn't matter. Big, small, however you want to look at sin, we are all totally guilty. So when you realize the argument here to sit there and say, well, God won't accept me because even though I'm not as bad as this person over here, but he still won't accept me, you need to throw all that away because Jesus Christ is who made you perfect in the Lord's sight today. It's not on your own merit. We've got to take a deep breath and calm down and go, you know what? I will expect a miracle today because Jesus loves me. So I'm going back to this third chapter here. Verse 10, as the scripture says, no one is good, no one in all the world is innocent. And he goes on and says, blah, 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 blah. Man, we are just so pitiful. There's nobody great. So watch this scripture when he sums it up again. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, look at verse 20. No, actually, uh, 19, right there, excuse me. So, uh, uh, let's see. So the judgment of God lies very heavily upon the Jews. For they are responsible to keep God's laws instead of doing all these evil things. Not one of them has any excuse. In fact, all the world, look at this, stands hushed and guilty before Almighty God. Well, that's kind of the way I feel. Well, take it. We're all in it. Now look at verse 20. Do you see it now? No one can ever be made right in God's sight by doing what the law commands. No matter how good you try to be, you're never going to work your way to heaven. The scripture says, by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself. You've got to shed yourself of thinking, there's something that i got to do to be able to get this backache to go away, or to get this financial miracle, or something I really need to happen tomorrow. Just, just How am I going to ever talk God into helping me get this form? You, know? you don't need to. You need to ask. That's the great part about the Bible. You find all these people's names, and all they did was ask. Wow. 
But anyway, don't you see it? No one can ever be made right in God's sight by doing what the law commands. For the more we know of God's laws, in other words, let's say you just, I'm, I've been going to church, oh, man, man, I really know what God wants me to do. And all of a sudden, maybe you, you missed a little bit, not about church attendance, that's what I'm talking about, but you goof up a little bit and you go, I'm doing so good till I did that. Don't worry about that. Jesus is your high priest. Haven't you watched TV programs where you go into confessional and you have to go confess before the priest or whatever, you know? You've seen it. Yeah, Lord, I did it. Well, you know, it's, it's a good typing shadow. It's a good illustration about how you're okay. You've made confession. Well, First John 1, 9 says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But let me put it to you this way. The Lord's Prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And what? Forgive us our trespasses. You will always have forgiveness. You can sure. So don't beat yourself up over these things. But now technically, let's go back to this. So do you see it? Verse 20, Romans 3. No one can ever be made right in God's sight by doing what the law commands. For the more we know God's laws, the clearer it becomes we aren't obeying them. His laws serve only to make us see that we are sinners. Verse 21. But now God has shown us a different way to heaven. Instead of keeping all the Ten Commandments, because remember, how well are you doing on that? All right, you also have no other gods before me. Okay, well, how are you doing on that? Huh. Thou shalt not steal. You ever done something like that? <laughs> if you've broken one, you've broken all of them. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. I mean, it, the more you think about those things, the more you think, man, I ain't been too good. Okay. But God showed us a different way to heaven, not by being good enough and trying to keep his laws, but by a new way, though not new, really, for the scriptures told us about it long ago. Well, what is it? Well, it's simply faith in Jesus. The only way you're going to get to heaven is by believing in Jesus Christ. Now, look at verse 22. Now, God says he will accept and acquit us. I'm reading from your Bible. This is Romans 3, verse 22. He will declare us not guilty. What? If we... That doesn't seem hard enough. Lord, there's got to be something else you want me to do. Like give all my money away. Never miss a day in church. Don't ever drink. If, if you cut out drinking in your life, you don't have to cut out part of the Bible. People in the Bible drank. They did. It's ridiculous. You know. Remember the things we think are sins are not even sins at all in the scriptures. All dancing. I ain't no dancing. Did you go look up dancing in the Old Testament? Man, when things were going great, you danced, buddy. It was something exciting. Matter of fact, a lot of times we think that God don't even care about a good joke. The scripture tells us to rejoice in the Lord always. And you know what he tells us actually to rejoice in the Lord? Remember he says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. That's in Nehemiah 8, verse 10. That was actually right when all the people were boo-hooing and going, Oh, man, we hadn't been serving the Lord. Oh, we just, we know we hadn't been doing what's right. Oh, this is such a sad day. And Ezra, the high priest, said, Hey, would you cut it out? This is a happy day. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So even though you do feel sorry for doing things you shouldn't have done or whatever, when you realize you've got forgiveness, man, Put on a happy face. It's okay. It's not like, well, I told you you was a jerk. I hope you do better this next week because I'm watching you. Here, that's what we think. Instead of thinking that God's helping me, 
make my gas, make it to the gas station, or turn my problems around and help me make it through the day. Listen, he loves you and he wants to take care of you. He really does. So what does he say? God will accept us and acquit us, declare us not guilty if we trust Jesus Christ to take away our sins. And we can be saved in the same way by coming to Christ, no matter who we are or what we have been like. Verse 23, yes, all have sinned and fall short of God's glorious ideal. Remember the verse? So this is it. King James says, all have sinned and come short of God's glory. We'll see that's it. Look at 24. Yet now God declares us not guilty. This is your Bible. Of offending him if we trust in Jesus Christ, who in his kindness freely takes away our sins. And I tell you, it's such a, it's, it's, it's amazing. Now, let me, let's skip ahead. Let's go back to that, uh, uh, to that fifth chapter. Because he never breaks from it. He says, so now, since we have been made right in God's sight, by faith in his promises, in other words, you trust Jesus, uh, Jesus, if I'm going to get to heaven, it's going to be because of you. That's all you do. Very simple. Remember the guy on the cross next to Jesus? He's dying. He's a thief. Jesus is over here. And he says, Lord, remember me. When you come into your kingdom, the Lord says, today I say to you, you will be with me in paradise. What? This guy was a thief and a robber, and Jesus says, you're going with me. We're going to heaven. How can that be? They should have busted hell wide open. <laughs> anyway, look what he said. Uh, so we've been made right in God's sight. By faith in his promises, we can have real peace with him because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, he's brought us into this place of highest privilege where we now stand. Notice this. Highest privilege. Now, this is not a religious thing. This is you and your paralyzed. This is Dustin behind the wheel of his Mustang, or Max, whatever he drives, and when he's in trouble, all he's got to do is say, Lord, i got to have one of these. i got to have help here. And God will get that to him. He is a privileged young man. So is Eric. So is everyone that's in the room. And we can confidently and joyfully look forward to actually becoming all that God has in mind for us. Uh, now, I want to skip ahead just a little bit. Watch what happens down here. Oh, uh, let's see. Oh, let's see. Here we go. Starting at verse 6. When we were utterly helpless, with no way of escape, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners who had no use for him. I mean, see, when Jesus died, we didn't care about it. But he still died for you and I. Even if we were good, we really wouldn't expect anyone to die for us. But, you know, though, of course, that might be barely possible. But God did great love for us by sending uh, for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since his blood did all this for us as sinners, how much more, look at this, what is this? Will he do for us now that he has declared us not guilty? Well, I thought the game's over. I'm going to heaven. Max and I are going to heaven. That's all that's provided in the Bible. Oh, no, uh-uh. Max and I still got a life to live. Dustin and I, too. Fred, you know, uh, Aaron, all of us in his room, you know, Bob and Phil. We got a life to live. Hmm, a lot of problems out there. Well, what's going to happen? No worries. I've got the Lord's help for the rest of my life. So what he says here, since by his blood he did this for all of us while we were sinners, how much more will he do for us now that he's declared us not guilty? Now he will save us. Look at this. He will save us from all God's wrath to come. Wow. Uh, we still get thinking that God's mad at us. I mean, one of these days I'm going to kick him off. 
you are totally saved from God's wrath. You're totally saved from it. Oh, uh, let's see. Look at verse 10. Let me scroll down. Let me get it up there. And since when we were sinners, we were brought back to God by the death of the Son. Look at this. What blessings he must have for us now that we are his friends and he's living within us. That's the reason we've had it wrong. Sometimes the preacher would preach about we need to be happy and everybody goes, okay, we need to be happy. But we never did understand why because we still thought God was secretly ticked off at us or secretly watching going, hey, there, I know the way you are. <laughs> I'm not happy with the way you're living your life. We think that's what God's all about and it's ridiculous. Multitudes followed Jesus and it was not magic. They followed Jesus because Jesus was helping these people get out of trouble and he'll help you get out of trouble. Let's take a few in, in for instance here and uh, uh, watch this. If you will, uh, we're going to go to uh, the uh, fourth chapter of John here. And uh, let's see. Yeah, fourth chapter. Let me get down here. Let's see what happened here. Oh. Uh, There we go. Now, in the fourth chapter of John, look down at verse 46. In the course of his journey through Galilee, he arrived at the town of Cana. Okay, Huntsville, whatever. Amen. Where he turned the water into, oh my goodness. Yeah, he turned it into wine. And it was the good stuff. But, but, while he was there, a man in the city of Capernaum, you know, I, I want what was Jesus doing at a wedding? Because we have a sad Jesus. Oh, he's so serious. Well, he was drinking at that wedding. Remember, he called himself in uh, Luke chapter, I mean, Matthew chapter 14. He said, you're going to call me a drunkard and a glutton. Well, how are you going to do that? Well, that's because he hung out with a sinner. He did. We have this stuff so backwards. Jesus is so sad. Can't have no fun with Jesus. Is that, what, is that the way that painters do this guy? You know? What's he doing at your house? You know? That scripture, Revelation 3.20 says, I stand at the door and and if any man will open the door, I will come in to him and dine with him. Well, Jesus, you're, you're, you're no fun to be around. I, that's the reason the door shut. <laughs> no. That's because maybe that's what I think about it. But he will make you laugh. And it's not one good, well, the Lord's got one good joke, the rest of them are terrible. No, no way. He said, well, look what happened here. So this guy says, hey, Jesus, there was a man of Capernaum, a government official, whose son was very sick. Well, I want to know how holy this man is. I mean, what's he doing showing up to Jesus when he has a need? The same thing we all do. Did you ever go to your parents when you needed something? Man, I did, and my parents knew me. And if I was young and I was kind, I didn't say, well, I'll try to be better, but help me, I need a band-aid. Oh, I'll try to be better. I didn't care about trying to be better. I knew mama or daddy could help me, and that's all I wanted. And we lose that with Jesus sometimes. We think, well, I would ask the Lord, but me, I'm just, I, you got to get rid of that stuff. You need to come, here's the scripture, Hebrews 4, chapter, verse 16, come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. God's not going to kick you out. So this guy comes to Jesus, and his son was very sick. 
He heard Jesus had come from Judea and was traveling in Galilee. This man went over to Cana, found Jesus, and begged him to come to Capernaum with him and heal his son. Well, I don't know. You can't put God in a box. Oh, yes, you can. You can put him in a box that says he will help me. You ever heard of the word Ebenezer? Oh, yeah, Ebenezer too. Let me tell you the word Ebenezer. In the Old Testament, in the book of Samuel, Samuel, 1 Samuel, you read this. <clears throat> Samuel, the prophet, was uh, dealing with something. There was the enemies, the Canaanites were coming over there and going, they were going to just knock the snot out of Israel. But Samuel said, Lord, deliver us. Save us. And God miraculously saved the Israelites. And guess what? Samuel takes a bunch of rocks, puts them together. He calls that place Ebenezer, which means help of God. Now, when you leave here today, you're going to think, well, I know what Ebenezer, but I didn't know it meant help of God. Yeah. He just did it one time. Mm -mm. Ebenezer, help of God. Hey, God will help you. Anyway. He heard Jesus would come from Galilee, I mean from Judea and traveling in Galilee. This man went over to Cana, found Jesus, begged him to come to the and heal his son, who is now at death's door. Well, serves him right. We think that sometimes. No, what serves you right is you should get healed. Watch this. Jesus asked, Won't any of you believe in me unless I do more miracles? What? Sounds like he will do more miracles. Well, he will. The official pledge, Sir, please come now before my child dies. Jesus told him, you're on your own. No, that's not what he said. Look what he said. He said, go, home, go back home. Your son is healed. And the man believed Jesus and started home. I wonder if we would have that today. Oh, mercy. If you read your Bible, it's all through it. It's all through it. And it's all through it for you. While he was on his way, some of the servants met him with the news that all is well. His son had recovered. He asked them when the lad had begun to feel better, and he replied, yesterday afternoon, about 1 o'clock, his fever suddenly disappeared. And the father realized that it was at that moment that Jesus told him, your son is healed. And the officer and his entire household believed that Jesus was the Messiah. Now, remember what Jesus said. He was basically telling him, you guys are having trouble believing, you know. And this guy says, look, remember what this guy said to He said, Jesus, come to my house. And Jesus said, I don't need to go. Your son's all right. Well, the man believed that word. I don't care what you're faced with today. God will so get you out of trouble. Let's go to one, one last place here. I used this the other day, but I'm not going to get away from it. This is just so fantastic. Uh, well, actually, we're going to use two of them. Let's use uh, Psalm 143. Because, again, these little things come knocking on our door, and we think, I don't know. I'm in trouble, but I just, I just don't know if Jesus really loves me. He died not to show he could take nails. He died to get you to this position. This is David, King David. Look what he says. Hear my prayer. Now, we lose it right here. We don't ever want to say, now, now God, if there was ever a day I needed a prayer answer, I need this one. That's what he was saying. David was used to it. He didn't care. He'd just say, God, look, you got it here. Now, watch what was going on. Oh, Lord, answer my plea because you are faithful to your promises. Look at this. Don't bring me to trial. For as compared with you, no one's perfect. But guess what? That's the end of it. He goes right into it. Lord, here's my problem. 
He was so confident that no matter what David had ever done, he would be forgiven. You know what David did one time? He liked a girl. You pretty. Her husband was in David's army, and David said, uh, uh, Husband, his name was Uzziah, uh, why don't you go, you're a good shot, why don't you go on the front line? We need to go on the front line to shoot those ass. He said, David. So that got her husband killed. Well, now you're single now. You can marry me, darling. Oh, man. Her name was Bathsheba. Guess what her son's name was? Solomon. Looks like things worked out, didn't it? Yeah. Did David ever lose being a king because of that? No. Guess who kept him upright? Guess who kept, guess who kept David employed, whatever. Things like this. David knew he blew it. Don't bring me to trial, for as compared with you, no one's perfect. Then he goes right to it. My enemies chased me and they caught me. They knocked me to the ground. They forced me to live in darkness like those in the grave. I'm losing all hope. I'm paralyzed with fear. Now, where's all the singing and moaning? Oh, God, I need to be more like you. Oh, oh this is what church is all about. Oh, oh, I'm just, I need to humble myself. When you're in trouble and you ask for Jesus' help, that is humbling yourself. Think about it, because you're saying, Jesus, the only way I'm going to get out of this is you. That's all you need to do. Ask Jesus to get you out. If he needs you to do something special, believe me, he's going to take you. And don't worry about it. You'll be like, boy, is that all you want me to do? You'll be glad to. What he wants you to do is he's going to bail you out of trouble, and you're going to do like what Phil does. Somebody's going to say, Phil, you know, all the time you keep getting out of trouble. Can you tell me what that secret is? And Phil's going to say, yeah, I'll tell you what it is. Jesus. Anyway, I'm losing all hope. I'm paralyzed with fear. I remember the glorious miracles you did in days long ago. I reach out for you. I thirst for you as a parched land thirst for rain. Come quickly, Lord. That's where the rubber meets the wheel. A lot of times we don't think the Lord will do anything. Psalm 46 says he is a very present help in time of trouble. You've got to recognize that when you pray, God's going to answer right there. He's going to help you. He's going to give you what you ask for, too. Don't be thinking he's not. I reach out for you, I thirst for you as a parched land, thirst for rain. Come quickly, Lord, and answer me, for my depression deepens. Don't turn away from me, or I shall die. Boy, David, you sure are selfish. Yes, but it's going to give him his answer. It's going to give him his miracle. Let me see your kindness in the morning. Oh, now, come on. God God worked on the six-month sequence, doesn't he? I mean, you can't get one miracle a year. No. You can have one every day. For I'm trusting you. Show me where to walk for my parents can see it. Save me from my enemies, oh Lord. I run to you to hide me. Now remember, David was a king, so he was under threat of assassination all the time. And he knew it. Help me to do your will for you, my God. Lead me in the good path for your spirit's good. Lord, look at this. Uh, I'll make a deal with you. (laughs) If you get me out of trouble tomorrow, man, it's going to look good on your resume. Lord, saving me will bring glory to your name. Bring me out of all this trouble because you are true to your promises. Do you mean God has promised to help all of us? Yes. Really? And because you are loving and kind to me, not just those in Africa. That's where you got to figure it out and go, you know what, Jesus is going to help me because you're, you're not going to be a very good testifier if you don't have a good testimony yourself. But you need to know, you know, God helps me all the time. I, I can't help but tell you what God has done for me. Wow. And he says, cut off all my enemies. 
and destroy those who are trying to harm me, for I am your servant. Yeah. Absolutely true. One last place. This one won't take but but right at a minute. This is out of your Bible. This is this is uh, chapter uh, well, Psalm four. And I want you to look at this last verse right here. Same situation. Oh, uh, he was in terrible trouble. These people were coming after him, trying to get him. Oh, uh, let me get verse one right, right there, and then we'll get that last one. He says, "Oh God, look at this. Oh God, you have declared me perfect in your eyes." David, perfect. <laughs> Remember, Jesus, we already started in Romans chapter 5. He's declared all of us not guilty because we've all blown it. We're going to heaven because of Jesus. You're going to have your prayers answered like this because of Jesus. He says, God, you've declared me perfect in your eyes. The King James says, oh God of my righteousness. What does that mean? What is what it means? Oh God of my righteousness. I ain't got any righteousness. Well, you do now. Jesus gave it. You have always cared for me. Look at this. In my distress. And he says, hey, it's another day. <laughs> Let me tell you what's happening today. Get me out of this one. Now, hear me as I call again. It's okay to get the Lord to help you by the hour. It really is. Don't worry about it. You're not going to wear him out. Last verse. Look at this one. I love it. Oh. We'll pick up seven while we're there, too. <clears throat> well, let's get five. Put your trust in the Lord all for him. Pleasing sacrifice. This is trusting. Many say, now trust what? Many say God will never help us. So you need to trust when you walk out of here that God's going to help me. Quit saying God's going to help Dustin. God's just going to help Richard because he just, oh man, he just, he just knows that Bible. You have a Bible. If you'll just read a little bit of it, you'll find things you can trust. And you'll go, wow. Anyway, put your trust in the Lord. Many say he'll never help us. Who's that wrong? Man, I'd like to see that wrong in my life. Well, then prove it. Yes, the gladness you've given me is far greater than payday is what he said. I mean, man, I got paid today. We're supposed to have so much gladness, not because, oh, I forgot, Lord, I'm supposed to be happy. You want me to be happy? Man, I am so happy because he kicked me out of every jam. Last verse. I will lie down in peace and sleep. <laughs> I wish I could sleep. No, we won't wait a minute. For though I am alone, O Lord, you will keep me safe. That means your little problems that you went to bed with, or fear for your life at night, or fear for your future, or whatever. Don't be thinking when you go to bed, God, I wonder if cancer is going to get me when I'm in my 30s or whatever. Will it get me when I'm older? Will I survive car wrecks? You should sleep better than anybody else. Again, why was this even in the Bible, and why did we know it was David, and why does it say I? David is dead. He's in heaven. He's gone. But he told us what he did. He told us what he believed. He said, I'll lie down in peace and sleep, and though I am alone, O oh Lord, you will keep me safe. That's what you trust. The Lord keeps you safe. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you. By your stripes, we're healed. And also, thank you that you that uh, you take care of us financially, whatever it is. And if we're faced with anything just like we looked again today, Lord, you'll get us out of all kinds of trouble. Doesn't matter. And that doesn't leave anything left but for us to go tell others what you've done for us. And that's what we're going to do in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, amen.